Well, Happy New Year, guys. Are y'all as tired as I am? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody stayed up last night expecting a big storm to come through, and um, I don't think it ever really did. But anyway, I'm praising God that it didn't come through. Uh, I want to ask you to continue to remember all the people who've been infected by the storms that have come through over the last couple of months. Um, the one especially in Kentucky, just a little update with you on what's going on about the offering that we took up for our brothers and sisters in Kentucky. We are in or in talks with churches. Um, at first, guys, I wanted to give this money straight to disaster relief, and the more I started looking into this, I found out that if I put this money in the disaster relief fund, it could be some time before this money gets in the hands of the people. So... We're doing something a little bit different. We are partnering up with two churches, um, specifically two churches that will be the hands and feet to get this, these funds distributed to the people who need it fastest. These people need help now. They're not going to need it in a couple of months. They need help now. They need hope now. So be patient with me, and uh, you're also going to get to hear from some of these pastors as well. Um, had one pastor who responded to me this week. He actually responded to me twice. Um, extremely grateful for your generosity, but also grateful for the opportunity of what this could be looking like. Um, hopefully an ongoing partnership with some brothers and sisters in Mayfield. And again, I want to thank you for your generosity during that. For those who don't know, we took up $18,441 in one Sunday, and all of that is going to disaster relief in Kentucky. Thank you for that. So... Nathan already asked my question. He asked it in Sunday school, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, how many of y'all made a New Year's resolution? Y'all scared after last week, wasn't you? Yeah. Scared after last week of the whole resolution thing being failed attempts at fixing our own lives. But, um, you know, guys, there is. There's something exciting about new opportunities. We love a new year. We love a new start. We love having new opportunities come our way. And about this time every year, it always seems like there's just a new, fresh opportunity. And, you know, we just really don't want to mess it up like we have in the past. Am I right? Am I right? Because we've all got lots of failures. We've all got lots of mistakes. And in Genesis chapter 50, that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 50. Um, I'm also going to add in, this is a little bit of the last minute add in. For those who are online, you will not see these last scriptures, but we're also going to be in Isaiah 43. So if you will, go ahead and turn to Isaiah or Genesis chapter 50 and Isaiah 43. But I want to give you a little bit of a breakdown about a guy who had a lot of new opportunities. A guy by the name of Joseph. Not Joseph, the son of or the father to Joseph, or Jesus, but Joseph, the son of Jacob. Most of us have heard this story, but for those who have it, I'll, let me give you a little rundown on it. Joseph was a, one of 12 brothers and one sister, okay? His, son, his father was a guy by the name of Jacob. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Jacob... I'm not going to say Jacob had a favorite, but if you read the book of Genesis, you'll realize that um, there was a different love for Joseph. That's the best way to say it. There was a different love for Joseph to the point that 
Jacob even gave his son Joseph a coat of many colors, and this did not set well with the other 11 brothers. One day, Joseph and his brothers are out in the field. Jealousy, anger, bitterness set up in the hearts of his brothers, and they put together a plot. We are going to get rid of Joseph. They didn't want to kill him, so they did the next best thing. They threw him in a pit, and they were going to leave him for dead. As they were getting ready to leave, they take his coat, they see a caravan, a caravan that's heading to Egypt. Instead of leaving Joseph in that pit, they get him out of the pit, and they sell him to, the, sell him to this caravan to be a slave. Now, you want to talk about brotherly and sisterly love. Selling your brother or sister into slavery, that's some love, isn't it? Long story short, Joseph has a lot of ups and downs. He has a lot of new beginnings and a lot of things that he has to let go of. But Joseph comes to a point to where he is given a whole new opportunity. That opportunity is to interpret a dream for Pharaoh. Pharaoh has been having this dream about, about cows and cows eating cows and was really confused about what this dream meant. This dream kept reoccurring. So he asked his own scribes and his scribes couldn't tell him nothing. Well, one of the guys had known of a situation where Joseph had foretold of what a dream, a dream meant for another individual. So he tells the Pharaoh about this dream, about this guy who can interpret dreams. And Joseph interprets the dream, and the dream interpretation is pretty grim. He tells Pharaoh that they are going to have seven good years, seven good years of harvest. But after that seven good years of harvest, they're going to have seven years of famine. Pharaoh is so impressed that he takes Joseph from a prison cell. You want to talk about a new beginning here. He takes Joseph from a prison cell and he puts him as second in command. The only person he answered to was the Pharaoh. That's a pretty big new beginning, isn't it? Because of his management, because of his leadership, they stockpile enough food from these seven good years of harvest in preparation for this famine that is to come. Now, when this famine comes, you got to understand something. This famine wasn't a localized famine. It didn't just take place in Egypt. It was widespread. And it was so widespread that the opportunity come about for um, Joseph to show love to his brothers who had slowed, saved, sold him into this slavery. Joseph's family became hungry. Again, a little bit of up and down there. Some trickery goes on. And what comes about is something extremely great. Joseph, because of all that he's done, the favor that he's uh, gained towards Pharaoh, is able to move his brothers, his sister, and even his father, his whole family, over to Egypt to where they will be taken care of for the rest of their life. It's a great story, isn't it? It's a story that we all love. We love stories with new or with um, good endings. We love stories about new beginnings and new beginnings taking off and going somewhere. But the only problem is the story didn't end there. 
The story didn't end there at all because when we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 50, we see that Jacob is about to die. Jacob, his lifespan is over. He is about to die and something takes place in the brothers' hearts. Fear. They know or they believe that Jacob is the only thing that has been keeping Joseph's wrath at bay. And we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 50 with the brothers at the opportunity for something new again. There's something bittersweet about New Year's, isn't there? We love New Year's. But at the same time, with the new year, we know as we move into this new year, there's some things that we have to let go of. We have to let go of last year's successes and last year's failures. We have to let go of last year's victories and last year's defeats. We have to let go of last year's joyful moments and last year's pains. We have to let go of these things because if we want to move forward, we have to move forward with open arms. Open arms is a hard thing for us to move forward with. And a lot of times, I get this question all the time. Scotty, how do I let go? And I'm going to be honest with you. Letting go is something that we're good at. We're really good at it. We let go of things that aren't important to us and we hang on to the things that are important on a daily basis. We know how to let go. Our problem isn't with what we let or how we let go. Our problem is what we let go of and what we hang on to. Joseph and his brothers find themselves in an opportunity to where they've got to let go of a lot of things. And in Genesis chapter 50, just to show you where we're at, Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 15, here's what the Word of God says. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father charged you before he died, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, Please forgive. I beg you, the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, for they did you wrong. And now, please forgive the transgressions of the servants of God, of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke with him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Let's pray.
Father, we are. We're excited about a new year. We're excited about the new opportunities. We're excited about the new possibilities that may come about. And Father, we have lived in a time that has seemed kind of impossible. But I want us to take some time, Father, to focus on the possible year that is before us. Father, we know that there's many things that we're going to have to let go of so that we can embrace, embrace the things to come. So this morning, Lord, as we look into your scripture, this morning as we look into your word, I ask that you would give us eyes to see. I ask that you give us ears to hear. But I also ask that you give us a heart and a mind to understand what it is that your word is showing to us through this scripture this morning. Father, once again, I want to pray for all my brothers. All my brothers who are standing behind the pulpit right now, Lord. I pray that you would be filling them with your spirit right now. And I pray that every congregation, Lord, this morning will hear the good news of the gospel. The love that you had for a broken and fallen world. And I pray, Lord, that we'll let go of everything that is us so that we can embrace this gospel wholeheartedly. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're good at picking things up. Y'all notice that? We are good at picking things up. Over the last couple of years, you've seen some things develop that never existed before. We have storage sheds now. Why do we have storage sheds? Because we pick so much stuff up. We collect stuff and we don't want to throw it away. It's funny because I look behind my house and there's storage sheds back there. And I think about all those storage sheds. And you know what? Those storage sheds just aren't my stuff. It's my brother-in-law's stuff. It's my wife's stuff. It's other people's stuff. And I just realized this the other day. I'm good at picking stuff up that doesn't belong to me. But we all are. We're all good at picking things up that don't belong to us. And we do a real poor job of letting go of the things that we should let go of. This year, this year is a very possible year. It's a very possible year for each and every one of you. Every one of you went into this new year hoping for something better, hoping for better opportunities, hoping for some peace, hoping for some things to move forward. But for us to move forward into this possible year, we've got to let go of some things that have made the last couple of years impossible. The first thing that we got to let go of is going to be symbolized by this black ball right here. This black ball symbolizes fear. Joseph and his brothers had to let go of fear. Can you imagine being in their situation? Maybe you have wronged somebody before. Maybe you have been in that exact situation to where you've even wronged your brother, your sister, your mother, or your father. And there comes about a time when you have to move beyond that fear of what may happen. Fear is scary. That's what it is. It's scary. It's scary because we do not know what may come about. 
But fear is also an extremely over-exaggerated thing. I mean, I want you to think about it. How many of the things that you fear ever become a reality? Me and Nathan were laughing this morning. He's fixing to be a daddy and things are changing. And I don't know why it is. Ever since I've become a daddy, things have really changed, especially when a storm comes about. When a storm comes about, for some reason, I can't sleep. It's kind of foolish though. Even if I stay awake, what can I do to stop that storm? Absolutely nothing. So I'm sitting there last night and I'm watching the weather, watching all the different weather channels. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching this thing come through, these, radar, these, uh, these um, polygons popping up of all the tornado warnings. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I hear, Daddy! I'm scared. Go upstairs. And it's funny because this is exactly what we talked about last week. I go upstairs. And I ask him, what are you scared of, son? I'm scared of the dark. Here's what's funny. It wasn't dark. TV's on. Lights are on in the hallway. Lights are on downstairs. It wasn't dark. And his fear had convinced him that something was wrong. Our fear convinces us that something is wrong. And our fear is often over-exaggerated. When Joseph is, when um, Jacob is saying these things to Joseph, who sends this message, Jacob is not speaking out of no life experience because Jacob had a situation very similar to this that we forget about. Jacob had a brother by the name of Esau. Y'all remember this story? Jacob and Esau were twins. When Jacob, when birth, time of birth come about, Esau is the first one to be born. What's Jacob doing? Holding on to his heel. Later on, Jacob realizes that he wants what is Esau's. He wants Esau's birthright. So, him and his mom construe up a plan. The plan is to deceive Jacob. Jacob's blind. Or um, not Jacob, sorry. And the name just left me. His father is blind. Isaiah, thank you. God bless you. Love you. <laughs> they construe up a plan to steal his brother's birthright. Later on, this causes a lot of conflict. A lot of conflict in the family. And this conflict causes Esau and Jacob to split ways. But there comes a time where Jacob has to travel through the country where Esau is at. What went through Jacob's mind? Isaac. Thank you. God bless you. I love my staff. What went through their mind? Fear, uncertainty, anxiety. Why? 
because we didn't know what was about to come. The reality is this. Fear is a selfish disease. It's a selfish disease. It causes us to protect ourselves. And a lot of times it causes us to protect ourselves from things that we can never control. And when Joseph's brothers are about to approach Joseph, they are put in a situation that they know they can't control. And they have two options. Nobody really thinks about this. Option one, they can go to their brother Joseph. Option two, they can hang on to this and leave Egypt and never have to face him again. This right here stops us many times. This right here stops us from moving forward into uncertain times. 2022, what's certain about it besides it's here? Absolutely nothing. But if you don't let go of this, you will never be able to fully embrace what 2022 has for each and every one of you. The second thing that has to be let go of will be represented by this ball. Look at that. Boys, whose balls are these? Exactly. Okay, if I use them? All right, good deal. This ball right here. This one's fear. What's this one? Can anybody guess? Huh? Anger. Anger. Vengeance. Revenge. Grudges. For this family to move forward, Joseph's brothers weren't the only ones who had to let go of some things. Joseph had to let go of some things as well. Let me ask you a question. Would Joseph have had a right to punish his brothers? It's okay, y'all can answer. By human standard, would he have a right to punish his brothers? Absolutely. They had done him wrong. They had taken from him a life of being with his family. He was put in jail. He was put in slavery. He was then put back in jail. But then he was been put in second command. But still, there's always that thought of what has been done. You know, all of us have had things done to us in our life. A lot of us had things done to us in 2021. And these things aren't always easy to let go of, are they? Why? Because it's my right to be angry for all the things that have been done wrong to me. And Joseph had this same right. Grudges, revenge, payback. You ever notice this? They never settle a score. Think about it. 
You've done some, or somebody's done something wrong to you. You had the opportunity to get back. You took that opportunity. Anybody been there? I have. When you got back at that individual, did it settle the score? Was the conflict gone? Was the adversity between each other gone? No. It was still there. So what had to happen? What has to happen for a score to really be settled? You got to let go of this. You got to let go of this. You say, Biscotti, I have a right to be angry. Yeah, I'm not saying you don't have a right to be angry. But you also have the right to do what is good. All throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, we see God tell us that vengeance isn't ours. It's not for us to take revenge. And I'm not saying being a pacifist. I'm not saying that you just be run over by everything. I'm not saying that you just allow yourself to constantly be a victim of situation after situation. You can't control every situation. But you can control your fear. And you can control your anger. But there's one more thing that has to be let go of. This one's different. This one is different. It's a different color. It's a different beast. And it's something totally different that we have to let go of. But this one right here is the key to letting go. And it's the key that most of us never use. Joseph is in a position that he never could have dreamed he would be in. Sold into slavery, put in jail, got out of jail, became a servant for a while, was put back in jail, and now he's put in second command. Nobody, he answers to nobody but Pharaoh. And one of the crazy things is, Pharaoh doesn't second guess anything that he says. He has the right. He has the right above anybody else to inflict punishment on these individuals, even if they are his brothers. But I want you to look at what he says. Look at what he says. He says, don't be afraid, for am I in God's place? This was Joseph's pride. This was his pride. This was his position. This was where he was placed. And you know what? Pride is one of those things that is the hardest thing for us to let go of. Pride is simply you thinking you are more important than you really are. Pride is a disease that will rot you from the inside out. Pride is you thinking you have a right, an entitlement, 
or a higher ground of life. And pride is what keeps you clenched to this and this. This week, I found myself in a very similar situation. Sunday after church, I went to see my dad. Most of you know, some of you know my dad's in the nursing home. Unfortunately, he's given a prognosis that really isn't good. And I've been putting off going to see him for quite a while because I'm going to be honest with you, I really dreaded the conversation. I knew what the conversation was going to be. I knew how it was going to go. Why? Because I've been a part of this conversation before. But I went anyway. When I walked in, it was God-ordained because we were the only people in the room. Most of the time, if you've, any of you have been to visit somebody at the nursing home now, you know they bring you into a different room. Normally there's five or six families in there and there's no privacy. So we're sitting there we're making small talk. And then the opportunity comes about. And he says, son, I know I haven't been a good dad. I'm going to be honest with you. That was what I was waiting for. I was waiting for that moment because I wanted to let him know. I wanted to let him know how much pain he has caused me, my brothers, my sister, and my mom. I wanted him to know everything that I had not told him in 45 years. This was the opportunity that I was waiting for all of my life. But when he said those words, that anger wasn't there. When he said those words, that right that I felt like I had to give him my two cents and a couple more, it left. And instead of me saying what I wanted to say, all I could think about was, I haven't been a good son either. And honestly, I had no right to hold the grudge towards him when I myself had been just as evil and wicked as he was. 
And in that moment, I realized the fear that I had going into that place was so over-exaggerated. It was far from reality. And in that moment, when I let go of pride, when I let go of revenge, and when I let go of my fear, God brought about restoration. What we don't understand is we think we have a right to hold on to these things. We think that we have a right to be angry. We think that we need to be fearful because when we're fearful, we're controlling our lives. But what we don't realize is what God is trying to do in us and through us. In Isaiah 43, and I'm going to bounce around with a couple of scriptures. I want you to listen to what he says in 43 verse 18. He says first, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things from the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not, <clears throat> will you not be aware of it? I will even make roadways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is trying to do something new in our lives. God is constantly trying to do a work in our lives. And the biggest thing that, the biggest problem that we have is we can't be aware of what God is doing in our lives because we're holding on to all this. We're holding on to all this. We're holding on to this fear of uncertainty. We're hanging on to these grudges and this revenge. And we're holding on to this pride. This pride of us thinking that we are better than what we really are. And God is never able to work in our lives. This is what makes years impossible. This is what made every year before this year impossible. Our fear, our grudge, and our pride. People ask me all the time, Scotty, how do I let go? Brothers and sisters, we know how to let go. We let go of things every day of our life. The question isn't, what do, how do we let go? The question is, what's important to you? Because if it's not important to you, it's easy to let it go. Our pride, it's important to us. It's who we are. Our grudges, our anger, it's important to us because it's the offense that's done against us. Our for fear, it's, it's important to us because this is us thinking that we can control our lives. If they're not important to you, you can let them go. The question is, why are you hanging on to all these things that are holding you back? God is trying to do a new work in all of us. And this work doesn't stop. This work moves forward. 
But you'll never be able to move forward and embrace what God's trying to do when your arms are full of things that you shouldn't really be hanging on to in the first place. So why should we let go? Well, I want you to turn forward to just a couple more verses in Isaiah 43. And I want you to look at what God says in verse 25. I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. You know what God's saying here? God's saying, I am the one who has the right to hold on to this. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the Creator. I am the Author. I have the right. I am the Judge. I am the one that sits on the throne. I am the King. I am the one who has the right to judge every single one. And yet he lets it go. He goes on to say, put me in remembrance. Let us argue our case together. State your cause that you may be proved right. Your first forefather sinned and your spokesmen have transgressed against me. So I will pollute the princes of the sanctuary and I will consign Jacob to the ban and Israel to revilement. What God is saying here is simply this. I have the right to do all these things, but I choose not to. I choose not to. And if you will put me in remembrance, if you will put me at the forefront of your mind, if you will put me before you, you know what? Come to me. Talk to me. Plead your case. Lay down your justification before me. Let's talk this out. Let's talk this out and let's see if you're right or if you're not. And I'm going to do the same thing that I've done for you, that I've done for everybody else that I'm going to do for you. I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to hear you out on your case for your fear. I'm going to hear you out on your case for your revenge. And I'm going to hear you out on your case for your pride. But I want you to realize this. I let go of my judgment against you. I let go of my wrath. And I let go of fear by sending my son to die for you. So Scotty, how do I let go? Plead your case to him. See if you've got a better argument than him. See if you've got better justification than he does. And let him change your heart. Let him help you let go of your pride. 
Let him help you let go of your revenge. Let him help you let go of your fear. And when you let go of those things, you'll be able to truly embrace what God has for you. The story today could have went a lot different. The story today could have went a lot different. Jacob's brothers, or Joseph's brothers, could have fleed, could have ran away, and never had to face it again. Joseph could have held on to his anger, could have held on to his revenge, could have had them all killed. Joseph could have held on to his authority. But the only reason there's a happy ending to this story is because they let go of those things. And some of us today, including myself, are absolutely miserable in our own skin because we're hanging on to fear. We're hanging on to rage, revenge, and we're holding on to our pride. What's more important to you? What's more important to you? Because what's most important to you, that's what you'll really hang on to. Pray with me. Father, moving forward, scary. Moving forward um, means that we put ourselves in uncertain situations. Moving forward means that we have to let go of past events that have taken place in our life. Moving forward means we have to realize that we're not as great as we are, think we are. And Father, as we do move forward into this year, I know this. We're only going to embrace the things that you have for us this year if we come to you with empty, open arms. So Father, I pray this morning that you would help us all. Help us to let go of the things that aren't important. Help us to let go of the things that we've ultimately made God's. Help us to lose our pride, lose our anger, and even lose our fear so that we can fully embrace what 2022 holds for us. Father, I want to thank you for everything that you've done in 2021. It was an amazing year, God. It really was. But Father, I am so excited. I am so excited for what this year holds for us. But I'm also concerned, Lord. I'm concerned that unless we let go, we'll never be able to embrace it. Help us let go, Lord, just like you did. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what's that look like? Who's that grudge you got against right now? Everybody, 
Everybody had somebody pop in your mind. Why? Because every one of us have had some offense brought against us. Why are you hanging on to it? Why are you hanging on to it? Have you ever thought of this? The only person that it's affecting is you. That person that you're angry with, there's a good chance they don't even know that you're angry with them. It's not affecting them. It's only affecting you. Maybe you're the one who offended against somebody. Honestly, answer me this. What's really holding you back from saying, I'm sorry? What's really holding you back from saying, I did you wrong and I need your forgiveness? Again, you're holding yourself in a prison with no bars, with no walls, with nothing but what's inside of you. And the last one, what are you scared of? Most of the things we're scared of, they'll never happen. They'll never happen. It's nothing more than a figment of your imagination that's keeping you from moving where God wants you to move. Where does God want you to move this morning? This morning as they sing, as you stand. Here's an opportunity to let go. Here's an opportunity to come before God and plead your case. The word was clear. The word is evident. What are you going to let go of this morning? As they sing, respond to God.